Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Sack Attack Fantasy Football Podcast with my co-host. We're also listening to the Fantasy Advocate Podcast with The Advocate, and we're joined by our special guest, Sniz Fantasy. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing today? Terrible. <laughs> doing all right. All right, let's get, let's get right I, into I'm, it. I'm joking. I'm actually doing pretty well. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. <laughs> so for you guys we're gonna do a quick uh, this episode is gonna be more so normally we do recaps of games but this is gonna be filmed on Friday so we're gonna have this come out on Saturday to help you guys with matchups that we like and other stuff so let's get right into it um we're going to get into some of the matches that we like and I'll go there uh, if you, one of you guys wants to start off with one of your first ones um we can go ahead and start off on QBs if matchups let's go right into yep all right i got a good one so i feel like i should really start this one off because uh there's a certain qb here uh that i really like so if we were to go on fantasy pros i believe they have him ranked at number six and if you ask me that's way too low uh my man justin herbert is way too low this week Justin Herbert is playing the Atlanta Falcons, who is the league's worst defense against quarterbacks in fantasy. After being absolutely humiliated against the New England Patriots, who are historically good against rookie QBs, no matter how good they've been playing this year. We've seen this with Kyler, Mahomes, and now Herbert. It happens every time. Uh, After this, Herbert will have a bounce back week. And just to be a little bit bold, I'm going to say he has a top three finish this week. Yeah, I can definitely see the top three finish from Justin right. Herbert this week. Um, I'm liking the bounce back opportunity from him this week. Also going forward with his rest of season playoff schedule, he's looking like going to be amazing with obviously Atlanta this week and then continuing continuing on with the Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos and your fantasy football championships. This dude is a must start every week, and I completely agree. This is a matchup that I feel like Herbert – has the upside to be top three, but I wouldn't rank him inside the top three personally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I had him ranked as quarterback five, and I'm pretty sure you probably had him at six or around that range. He has a good matchup. Uh, Atlanta has had, most of the season struggled a lot with defense, but for the most part, they've picked it up a little recently. So that's why I don't have him ahead of uh, my quarterback four, Ryan Tannehill. But he is a guy that he does have that top three upside and is a guy who rest of season has one of the uh, one of the better like matchups for the rest of the season and so for me rest of season rankings i have my quarterback four for sure and to go off what you were saying about the falcons defense actually stepping up recently in the last four weeks they've only allowed um 16.7 points to, to opposing quarterbacks over the last four weeks, which we this is where we've seen their defense step up since um, the coaching change. And I, I, like we said, Herbert has that top three upside. But with the way the Falcons are playing, I don't think it's safe to rank him as a top three quarterback this week. But like Sack said, the upside's always there, baby. Yeah, he's, he's a definite start. Like, there's no doubt about For that. Sure. Unless you Absolutely. have, like, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers, you're starting Justin Herbert. Like, yeah. you don't you normally don't have that option. Talking about another guy with an, another fantastic rest of the season schedule, let's talk about Tom Brady. And this week, he has the Minnesota Vikings, which they don't know what they're doing on defense half the time. And 
he has all the weapons. Um, this is a domed game. So it's looking really good for him. And in my opinion, I have him at quarterback nine ahead of Kyler Murray. That could be a little controversial to some people. But Kyler Murray has a really tough matchup ahead in the New York Giants, who have been really good as of recent with their defense. And with Tom Brady up against Minnesota, Jacksonville has given them issues. It's going to be a shootout. They're going to have to throw the football a lot. They're going to use Rojo, but they're also going to be throwing the football a lot. So in my opinion, Tom Brady is a quarterback one, and he's a starter for me and is my favorite based on matchups. Yeah, absolutely. I see Tom Brady coming in this week and absolutely just torching the Minnesota Vikings defense. And it'll probably be a high-scoring game on both ends of the ball because recently um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been allowing over 24 points to opposing quarterbacks. So I think Kirk Cousins is actually going to get in the ball game as well since that, that rushing D and that pass rush is actually pretty good for Tampa. They're going to have to get some quick throws out and going to let their man Justin Jefferson work on the, on the outside with Adam Thielen. Another quarterback that I like this week is definitely Ryan Tannehill um, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars who have allowed over 20 points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. And Ryan Tannehill is on an absolute tear right now as the quarterback seven overall in fantasy football. And the last few weeks we've seen that he's just, he's willing to throw the ball and their defense isn't helping them because the negative game script is forcing them to throw the ball. Yeah, that's one thing that I could say it could be a little bit of a downside, possibly, if the game script gets too out of hand. Sure. But Jacksonville actually has has stayed in most of their games, besides Pittsburgh. Sure. They stayed in a lot of their games, including Minnesota last week. So I think it's a game where, the, as long as the Jacksonville Jaguars stay in this, Ryan Tannehill is a top-five option. And I, I will throw one name out there, more so for DFS, um, and it's Mitchell Trubisky. And I know that sounds a little weird to some some of you may, may be listening. But um, I'm going to point it this way. The Houston Texans have struggled against almost every pass defense and on top of the fact that bradley roby has now been suspended he's out for six games along with will fuller obviously now it's five and it'll go into the next season but bradley roby's out they, mm-hmm. they've thrown the football more than normal and houston's defense pass defense especially is not good so if you're looking for a dfs play i'm pretty sure he's five six on DraftKings. he would be my quarterback that i would choose yeah that's great value all right i like those picks a lot um you know, I agree with that completely, but personally, I am completely sold on a Justin Herbert bounce back week. Uh, sure, Atlanta Falcons have done better since the firing of uh, Dan Quinn, but again, I still feel like they aren't a lot better. Like, they're better, but they're just still not super great. So, But I feel like Justin Herbert has a lot to prove after doing next to nothing against the Patriots, and I feel like sure. all the Chargers or almost all the Chargers can have a good week this week. I think Herbert, Allen, Henry, Eckler, I think they all have great weeks. Yeah, and, and with Anthony Lynn's coaching job on the line here, I'm pretty sure he's going to put all faith into Justin Herbert to somehow make Lynn look at least decent as a coach. Yeah, they aren't losing 45-0 to zero again. That's a fact. Yeah. But um, uh, oh, real quick before we go into the RBs, like move on to it. I want to ask y'all a question. Do you think the Falcons should move on from Matt Ryan? It's it's getting close to Tom. Is this draft offers the offers them the chance to take one? Think, so that's why okay, their defense has been improving. They could upgrade there, but they, it could be a situation where they go 
with a new quarterback. If it's something that they don't want to automatically do, they can definitely draft a guy that can sit there and learn under Matt Ryan for a year or maybe even two and then step into the role after Matt Ryan's completely done, which he's already looking like he's getting there with struggling to even complete over 50% of his passes recently. It's it's just an awful situation with Julio even being injured all season. It's been lingering, and it's just it's not a good situation for Matt Ryan, and it's not helping him at all. Some, yeah, for sure. Something I think we could see is not necessarily like Matt Ryan be completely replaced, but I think we could see a lot of headlines and talk this uh, NFL draft season about like who is the next man in uh, Atlanta. Kind of similarly how, to how we have every year sort of these talks about Green Bay or New Orleans or anybody really with aging QBs. I think or like say even with like the Colts this year, like you the Colts could have the same type of talks with Philip Rivers and then. Uh, Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. I feel like it's around the time and around the age where Matt Ryan gets to be in those conversations. Yeah, I would agree with that. And quite honestly, the quarterback position is oversaturated. So realistically, the if the Falcons didn't want to move on from Matt Ryan immediately, you could look at an option like a Dwayne Haskins or Sam Darnold or even a Josh Rosen on top of or you could be looking at some of those like those six quarterbacks or even take one in the third round. So that's that's how I feel about it. But like realistically, they could go any option. And I think no matter what, they're going to have a backup yep. quarterback that could be their future, whether it's a guy like Sam Darnold or Dwayne Haskins, just to try and see what's there, or even a James Winston, just to see mm-hmm. if that could possibly happen at, in, in a gunslinging Atlanta team. Completely agree. All right, so let's go and move on into running backs. And Sniz, I'm pretty sure you had one that was... Yeah, my my guy this week at running back is definitely David Montgomery again. Um, David Montgomery is my RB9 on the week, and he's been RB11 all season this, despite the preseason slander that he received. Uh, he was going off the board as like running back 20-plus in each draft that I even took part in. And... I could see the concern with David Montgomery coming in this season, but he's really proved himself to be one of the top tier fantasy options in terms of running back with how slim the running back position has got this season. I wouldn't definitely take David Montgomery as a high tier running back next season, but as of right now, going into the fantasy playoffs and against a matchup with Houston, that's given up over 34 points to running backs in the last four weeks. It's just prime for him to go out there and dominate once again and possibly get these goal line opportunities with Trubisky slinging the ball yeah and I saw a stat um, I'm pretty sure it was on another podcast that uh, I was listening to David Montgomery runs the most routes by far out of running backs in the NFL and I think it's like at 30 a game so like he still gets he gets about five targets a game so as long as he's getting that with Tariq Cohen out Mm -hmm. he's going to be at like normally his floor was really bad like when you looked at it when you looked at it heading into the year, you looked at, oh, he might have 16 for 50 and then, like, one target. He's getting five targets. He's getting that. And he's had, he has the best rest of the season schedule out of almost everyone left. So, yeah, with, with Cohen going down earlier this season, that really helped his upside in the PPR game. And the switch that they made to Trubisky recently was really helpful for his targets because after Foles got benched again, it came, it, you could see his numbers really rise in that category. Which yeah, is really sure. what we want to see as fantasy owners. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and move on to, into my uh, 
the guy that I want to mention. Obviously, I'm going to mention Mike Davis as a, like a filler. For sure. Um, if you have Mike Davis on your team, either as a CMC handcuff or just on the side, which I highly recommend some of you guys doing, Mike Davis is a start. Um, he, right now, he's RB16 for me, and he's not too high, not too low, because at the end of the day, there, his usage did go down as the season went along, but he's still going to get PPR volume, and it's not a great Denver defense. Yep. So that's something I would take into consider. But um, the guy that I really want to point out and um, is actually Jonathan Taylor. And we'll mention him later uh, as we go into a section for league winners. But Jonathan Taylor ha- has been getting the volume that we want him to get. And he's actually it, – it looks like he's a better runner than he was earlier on in the year. He gets Las Vegas, which is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, and then gets a really good matchup again next week. I'm not sure what it was, but he gets another one. And that puts you in a situation to where – these two weeks, he can help you win your games. I currently have him as my RB10. And, like, for for a guy who was JT slandering for most of the year, he <laughs> a lot better. And I'm uh, we're proud to see that. Yeah, we're kind of seeing these rookie running backs that are prevailing, like um, Taylor and Cam Akers. Their, coaching, their coaches are really getting trust into them as the season has progressed. And they're starting to get the carries that we all thought they would at the very beginning of the season, but they just weren't ready to get that usage yet. And JT has had his downfalls this season, and I think he's learned from it a lot. And you can see that in his game. He's re- he's really stepped up as of late, and I, I like him going forward. This is a great pick. He must have gotten a reality check after uh, Jordan Wilkins outsnapped him. For sure. All right, Zach. And then who's your who's your main running back? And then we'll mention a few more before heading to wide receivers. So for this week, my RB start that I feel like the consensus is a little bit low on this week is J.D. McKissick. So uh, for those of you who know, Antonio Gibson is going to be out this week, and J.D. McKissick should pick up uh, most of the uh, targets and the carries in the Washington football team's backfield. Alex Smith is still healthy, the check down king, and J.D. McKissick as of recently for a while has been getting a large target share out of the backfield so this is a game where I feel like uh, JD McKissick has a pretty high floor even against a tough 49ers matchup Uh, it's just the workload involved I feel deserves to have him higher than like RB29 according to Fantasy Pro's ECR for week 14. Yeah, for sure. If he can get these targets and consistently haul them in on these checkdowns and even when he lines up in the slot, he's going to have a safe floor. What I do worry about, though, in terms of his upside, which really caps it, is his goal line work. He he probably won't get any goal line work. and Yeah, that's all going to go to Barber. And most of his attempts on the ground, last game he averaged 1.6 yards per carry against a really good defense. And he's also got another great defense coming up. So, yes, most of his value is in the passing game, and that's where his floor comes from. And that's why I like this pick, because I I can definitely see this continuing for him this week in Week 14. Yeah, and then I'm going to throw out one name that um, it's kind of – not not a name. I'll throw out a team, and that's the Detroit Lions. We don't really know the RB situation that's going to go on. Green Bay is second in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to running backs, and they're second in terms of rushing yards allowed. So if it is Swift, and we if we think Swift is a full go, 
uh, we're all in. Uh, I'll stay on Swift um, as a top twenty option, but also Adrian Peterson. If if Swift is limited and we know he's going to be limited, Adrian Peterson is a start because in last week versus Chicago, a very tough team, eighteen for fifty seven, two touchdowns. They're going to commit to use him, and they're going to commit to use him in the goal line. That's the most important part. So if he, they're using him in the goal line, and um, and that's really where his value comes. So if Swift is limited, expect uh, expect AP to have actually a really solid game, a more like a more inclined version of what Barber's going to expect. Because for sure, if Swift, if Swift is limited, I th- st- I still think he'll take like a, Mc- a McKissick role, mm-hmm. um, not in the slot, but like in terms of taking the receiving yards. Absolutely. But in terms of like pure rushing, Adrian Peterson's going to get a lot of work, and it's going to be good because it's against Green Bay. Yeah, I can see Adrian Peterson easily grabbing 10 attempts on the ground this week and at least two of them coming in the goal line situation because we know Detroit's going to get down there because of the negative game script. They're going to be playing from behind likely all game. And Green Bay's going to lit up maybe in the second half, a couple, couple um, trash touchdowns coming here and there in garbage time. Maybe AP gets in. That's where AP's value really is, is really on the goal line like you pointed out. And with four touchdowns in his last two weeks, I mean, you can't you can't just sit here and say that AP's not to be considered. Right, it's twenty twenty, and we're considering AP and Frank Gore to still be fantasy viable options. It's yes, kind of great. Bell cows, <laughs> it's still the bell cows that they and they're not. But do we have any more running backs here to talk about? Um, I'll go ahead and mention a few, just like honorable mentions, just to throw them out there that I'm higher on the consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Wilson, I'm higher on about 13 slots at uh, RB 37. He had more tar- or he had more carries and targets than Raheem Mostert last week, so don't be surprised if that trend continues. For sure, um, versus Washington, and then the other name that I'm very, uh, that I'm high on, um, as you said, David Montgomery is another mm-hmm. name that I'm higher on than the consensus, and also. Um, Name that I'll throw out there is, and I'm going to shout out J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, he has Cleveland, which is a, 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 a is a good matchup. It doesn't look as good because of Derrick Henry um, for sure. Script, but J.K. Dobbins for me is an R, is the RB15 just behind Ezekiel Elliott, and he still has a lot of the work that he's getting. Obviously, he doesn't get much receiving volume with Lamar, but as long as he's taking upwards of 60 uh, 60 to 70 percent of the usage and the rb opportunities he's going to be an rb1 for sure if they feature him on the goal line i definitely agree that he has the rb1 upside with an rb2 floor this week i like uh, jk dobbins even in a unfavorable matchup against cleveland browns yeah everybody's very scared of of the matchup though since you know derrick henry like you pointed out but i are they really going to stop that two weeks in a row with lamar being able to run the ball like he can as well. well I think about it this way. It was very flawed because of how fast Cleveland got up to a lead. Yeah. I got to explain this to a follower of mine. I was like, it doesn't really matter because Derrick Henry, if you look at the snap count, Derrick Henry was only in 54% of the time. And then McNichols was in 46 because he's on their passing downs. And when they lose to play action, they have to resort to passing. And Derrick Henry is not really a pass catcher. So that's really where that comes from. Yeah, for sure. Right, and then That's wide receiver, great. Zach, if you want to start off with uh, your guy. for All right. So for this one, I got kind of another really interesting play. I think this is going to be basically what I'm going to be doing for this week's show is Cole Beasley. So Cole Beasley, according to Fantasy Pros Wide Receiver Week 14 rankings, he is ranked 32nd. Okay. 
So what is Pittsburgh's defense known for? They're known for stopping the run. And the Buffalo Bills have nobody good at running back. So this means only one thing. The Buffalo Bills are going to be forced to throw the ball a ton against the Pittsburgh Steelers if they want to win. They are not going to get it done with Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Now, Cole Beasley being ranked 32 and kind of being the slot receiver on the team, especially with John Brown uh, not playing. Uh, Cole Beasley is now the wide receiver, too, on the team. Uh, on the Bills, who I expect to be throwing a lot in this game. I feel like Cole Beasley is an easy high-end flex option right now, and he's being disrespected at the rank of 32 this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's the wide receiver 20 overall in PPR this year. He's absolutely got one of the best connections with Josh Allen on the team, and you know Steelers are going to be looking to get Stephon Diggs out of the game plan as much as possible, even though that's probably not possible. But that's going to open up even more volume and targets for Cole Beasley this week. That's a great pick, if you ask me. I have a guy, though, that I think... I don't have him over the consensus. I actually have him right around the consensus. But this man has been dominating since week 7 of the NFL. I mean, week 10 of the NFL season. And this is Justin Jefferson. Like I pointed out earlier, the Vikings are probably going to be in the negative game script, forced to throw the ball a lot with Tampa Bay, really good rushing defense they have there. It's going to make the Vikings pass the ball. And over the last couple weeks, we've seen Justin Jefferson step up as one, a potential like a potential superstar. And he's got the upside. And he's been the wide receiver three since week 10. And with Tampa Bay giving up over 59 points per game in the last four to the wide receivers, I think it's just even more opportunity for Justin Jefferson to be a lock as a wide receiver one this week. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I personally have him at wide receiver 11, so at that mm-hmm. wide receiver one range. Um, and Tampa Bay, yep. uh, they, they did have their their few moments that they were really good in the past defense, but Jamel Dean and um, the other guy, I don't remember his name, but he's the guy who shadows a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They they haven't really performed to standards yeah. uh, like uh, towards this back end of the year. So this could be a shootout. And again, Jefferson, Elon, Evans, Godwin are all going to have like their fair share of opportunities. Absolute um, must start. I agree. Right. Yeah, so um, there's no way to start him. One thing that I want to point out for our listeners is something that they can take as a kind of a piece of advice while listening to our advice with this is pretty simple. Um, is that both the defenses that we mentioned are what what I would call, and other analysts have called, a um, a pass funnel defense. So how it works is that the running game is pretty much dwindled down next to nothing, like with the Buccaneers and the Steelers. So because of that, teams can't run the ball, and because that happens, they are forced to pass at much higher rates, and the pass volume just kind of funnels to receivers and running backs because the running game isn't there. So that's just something to look at. Whenever you see a defense that is like very strong against the run and kind of below average against the pass or very strong against the pass but pretty weak against the run, those are what we call run or pass funnel defenses. And it's something where a certain type of player will play and fare well against them. And and it'll be very good. You, when you take a look at that and you compare it with game scripts, it definitely helps a lot with uh, matchup understanding. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to talk about two names, especially for my wide receivers. And uh, one of them is um, a later guy that I'll point out late, uh, point out in just a second. But the first one we'll talk about in uh, another segment for league winners. And that is Corey Davis out of the Tennessee Titans. He has earned himself into an extra $8 million a year, being the Devontae Parker 2.0, just all of a sudden doing well for his contract. And he is, in, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a stat that he's averaged uh, 67 yards or touch or averaged 67 yards and has had a touchdown in each uh, in like uh, since week 10 he's had a 67 yards or touchdown so like he has been a focal point of this team and they've been throwing the ball more than we thought so with Corey Davis with AJ Brown they're both getting funneling the ball and with their upcoming schedule they have Tennessee or it's um, they play Jacksonville they play Green Bay and then they play. I'm not sure what the last one or the the one. It in the middle. is the it's Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay. Yeah, Detroit's yeah. even better. So you have Jacksonville, yeah. Detroit, and then Green Bay. But Green Bay is a little bit tougher. You have Jair Alexander. You have mm-hmm. he'll be on AJ Brown. So Corey Davis has a terrific matchup this week. And I'm a huge fan of. And then we'll obviously yep. talk league winners later. Second one is Colin Johnson, and that is the Jacksonville wide receiver. Now, if you're listening and you have no, no idea who he is, no, don't worry. Half of us four weeks ago didn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this guy is an undrafted rookie out of Texas, um, a second-year player out of Texas. Um, he's just tall, and he's just had a connection with Mike Glennon, and I actually have him I have him 20 uh, – I'm pretty sure it's 28 or 29 spots higher than the consensus at – uh, wide receiver 47, DJ Turk at 42. He just had a better connection with Mike Glennon. And those things tend to translate because you're just getting more targets. So Colin Johnson is a guy who I wouldn't recommend starting for the most part, but it's just a name to throw out there that I think could have a really good game. For sure, I agree. And like you pointed out, his his connection with Mike Glennon is like we've seen with Jake Luton and DJ Chark. It's kind of like that level. Yeah, it's t- in terms of like where they go, it's almost like that's yeah. where their immediate reaction is. For sure. And we also have our wide or our tight ends, our favorable matchups for tight ends. Who do we like at tight end this week, Advocate? So for the main matchup that I like is Rob Gronkowski versus Minnesota. And this is just going to be an offensive shootout, as we mentioned with Mike Evans, all of these guys. We mentioned that, and um, in terms of he's not going to do like 40 points a game. That's not something we expect. But we can easily expect five for 75, five for 46 and a touchdown. That's something that he's going to be a red zone threat along with Mike Evans. So obviously if the team worries about Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski is going to be there funneling that second option as a red zone threat so don't be surprised with the touchdown here i have him as my tight end 11 for this week yeah i can see it but i can also see rob's floor being a lot lower than some people expect this week as well because for me i think that rob is more of the 3b option in this or 3a or 3b option in this offense in terms of the passing you got ab right there with him usually out targets ab so you can call him the 3a but in terms of the matchup, he's got a good one overall under uh, season long. But in the last four weeks, the Minnesota Vikings defense has been giving up a lot less points to tight ends as of recent. But that could have come from um, playing lackluster defenses in that area or lackluster teams that have tight ends in that area. 
And like like you said, Rob Gronkowski's upside is always there because of the connection with Tom Brady that they've had for years. But me personally, I'm not trusting it, but I can see your pick here above the consensus. All right, so for my pick, it's I don't really have mm-hmm. a good kind of upset pick like I had for running backs with J.D. McKissick and with wide receivers with uh, Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with yeah. one of the top guys this week who has a very favorable matchup. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. I'm going to keep on going with my Chargers picks. I think the Chargers have a very good bounce back week. And I feel like Hunter Henry, is who's playing the Falcons, who are ranked the 26th worst against the tight end position for fantasy. I feel like this is just going to be a Herbert game where he goes out, uh, scores three touchdowns, throws pretty well. And I think Henry will be able to at least get a touchdown in this very favorable matchup. Yeah, I mean, that's what we all look for in tight ends other than Travis Kelsey and maybe TJ Hawkinson at the bare minimum and Darren Waller is a touchdown from your tight end, right? I mean, a touchdown from your tight end can make or break your fantasy football week. And Hunter Henry is one of those guys that I always get slandered for having in my top five tight ends each week. But yet his the thing about these tight ends outside of the top three, you really have to go with the ones when you're ranking them in terms of who – can score the most points like who has the highest upside and like you said here I think Hunter Henry does have the higher upside and I like Hunter Henry a lot and his he's been consistent this year he really has but one one bad game from a tight end and you're gonna have a lot of fantasy managers that are pissed off about it and it's just the simple fact that if you don't have the luxury of a Darren Waller or a Travis Kelsey or even a TJ Hawkinson you're you're really just playing your matchups each week and hoping your tight end gets in the end zone. And this is a, this is a matchup where you can see Hunter Henry getting in the end zone because of, 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 of course, the high-powered offense that we're going to see a bounce-back week potentially, like you said earlier about Justin Herbert and the whole L.A. Chargers defense. We can or offense. We can see a bounce-back week from them for sure after getting shut down 45-0 to zero from the New England Patriots. <clears throat> A tight end I like this week, though, is Mark Andrews. It's it's not really your wildest pick, obviously. Mark Andrews is a top tight end in the league when given the targets by Lamar, and he's obviously one of Lamar's favorite red zone targets. And I'm expecting Mark Andrews to kind of bounce back this week into his old self because he's got a, he's got a great matchup in terms of fantasy points against in the last four weeks. The Cleveland um, – Cleveland Browns defense has given up over 21 fantasy points in the last four weeks to tight ends. And I think Mark Andrews coming off this COVID list, it can either be really bad for him or really good for him because we've seen players that have came off the COVID list and just not been their self as of late. But then Lamar Jackson kind of proved that theory wrong after going out and demolishing the Dallas Cowboys. But I think a Pee Wee Junior football team could also do that. So this is going to be a real test for them. I think this is going to be a great matchup, possibly low scoring. But Mark Andrews, he he can rack up the volume. What do you guys think about Mark Andrews this week? I, I like that pick a lot. I feel like it's uh, I feel like with tight end, it's really hard to just have a guy who's like, hey, you know what, this guy, he's just gonna have a great week. But I I feel yeah. pretty confidently about all of our picks this week, and I, I like them all yeah. a lot. Um, but For I sure. I I agree. Uh, with him coming back from the COVID list again, this could either I agree with you completely. It could be either really good or mm-hmm. really bad. We have no clue which, but with a matchup, 
more than likely it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and, and and Mark Andrews is a guy you can't really sit unless you have the luxury of another tight end, like maybe a big Bobby Tanyan or a TJ Hawkinson or all of the above in terms of Waller and Kelsey. Right, exactly. No, that's something that I'm going to be looking at next year is I feel like tight end has been one of the strongest advantages in fantasy mm-hmm. football this year, other than the one of the few remaining healthy top-tier running backs. But other than For them... Sure. Other than them, who everybody wants, I feel like tight ends are the probably the biggest advantage so far this year. I feel like having Kelsey, yeah. who is by far the top scoring tight end far and away, and getting him at a position where people are just struggling to get points is a huge advantage. Yeah, in my main league, I, my my friend drafted Dalvin Cook with the fourth overall pick, and then he went around on the swing in the second round and picked Travis Kelsey, and that's really really helped him in securing the number one overall seed in our main league this year. And I think it's going to carry him through the playoffs because, like you said, the tight end advantage in in terms of matchups is just insane when you have a guy like Travis Kelsey. He's literally another wide receiver out there playing for you. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, like, whatever position you decided to go against, you just need one waiver wire, one person. So, like, for example, Mm -hmm. if you had Travis Kelsey and then you picked up James Robinson – you're more than set, and you yeah, you're chilling. Well, that you once had because you took Travis Kelsey. So, like for me, I in a league. Uh, we'll talk about leagues later that we're in that we're in the playoffs. But um, I actually had Travis Kelsey fall to me in the third round, and then I had Kamara and then Robinson. So my RB trio is Kamara, James Robinson, and now Jonathan Taylor, Ooh. which is absolutely. If dope. you don't win the championship in that league, I will be surprised. Yeah, that's that's something that if, if I don't win, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I think what we'll now do is we're going to go into each of us. We're going to have one, uh, we'll go through each of ours, but we'll have one or two league winners that we think that if you end up playing these guys, that these guys could change outcomes and how the league ends up going. So um, if Sniz, if you want to start off with uh, one of yours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of mine has been re- uh, recently talked about in this podcast, and it's Justin Herbert. Like we said, the strength of schedule and the offense coming off this slump. I mean, he's got Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Denver, like we previously mentioned. This kid is going to light these defenses up. I mean, it, they've really got nothing to play for for the rest of the season. And I don't. this isn't a team that is intentionally bad. I mean, they lose a lot of games by less than – two scores and they lose a lot of games by one possession and I can see Justin Herbert just going out here and just trying to prove himself as the rookie of the year this week and just to show everybody that last week was not something that's going to happen a lot more going forward what do you guys think about Justin Herbert in the fantasy playoffs um I really like that pick I've like this whole episode I've done nothing but praise the Chargers this week if the Chargers if if the Chargers Winner. If the Chargers flop this week, um, I'm gonna be pretty disappointed. Let's just say that. For and sure. Then, and uh, going with Justin Herbert, another guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just just gonna say before you moved on to the second guy that he's my quarterback for the rest of the season. So like that's how yeah. we feel about him. Yeah. And he, he has, like besides like him and Brady probably in terms of matchups had the best, and Herbert's obviously a much better fantasy option for sure. And another guy that I have as a league winner this week is, or, or not this week, as a league winner is Aaron Jones. Obviously, it's not a crazy sleeper pick or anything, and it's kind of straightforward because, I mean, if you look at Aaron Jones, his next three matchups are allowing 
are all three allowing over 24 points per game, and they've allowed 13 touchdowns to opposing running backs over the last four weeks. And you can see with Aaron Jones, this Detroit matchup is going to be insane. Like he he's he has the potential with the positive game script potentially to go for over 150 yards. And I'm not even joking right there. Like this man on second, and this is a stat thrown out by our stat guy, Kai, 32 stats. He states that Jones is averaging over 9.8 yards per carry on any second down and seven through nine yards. Since that is that is a crazy stat. And shout out to our guy, 32 stats, for that stat. You're a real one, G. Yes. Yeah, Aaron Jones, man. Like, what do you guys think about Aaron Jones? I like Aaron Jones a lot. I mean, now, oh, yeah, I mean, sorry. He's currently the RB5, so. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Jones is a great pick as being an unbiased uh, Packers fan. But um, I think that my league winner, again, it's I'm going to kind of follow a similar trend like what you did with Aaron Jones, except with less worry about a committee. And I think this guy, I, he's been talked about all year before the playoffs, but I'm just going to go with this guy because I feel like if anybody has the potential to like truly win you each each uh, week in the playoffs, I feel like it's this guy, and I believe that guy is Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry is, as we know, he's a freak of nature running back, and his schedule is probably the best in football. This week he gets to play sure. against the Jaguars, then the Lions, and then he gets the Green Bay Packers championship week, which is insane. And then even if say for those of us who play week 17 championships or have it where you have to combine points with week 16 and 17, no problem. He has you. Houston Texans. I dare mm-hmm. anybody to name a better four-game running back schedule than what Derrick Henry has, and he is arguably one of the best running backs in the league. Sign me up. He will yeah. win people their for leagues sure. this year. Yeah, for sure. Derrick Henry is my number one overall player in terms of rest of the season rankings for all positions. And just like you said, I mean, the schedule explains itself. We already know what Derrick Henry is as a running back. The last two seasons, we've we've even seen it. And in these games, in the fantasy football playoffs, in these games, Derrick Henry is absolutely, the last two years even, he's been crazy for you guys. I mean, let's go back to 2019 here. In week 16 of t- or not week 16, week 15 and 14 in 2019, he averaged you a good 23.9 fantasy points in week 14. And then in week five, he had a little bit of a downfall with eight points. But if you did play in those week 17 matchups in terms of fantasy football in 2019, week 17, he dropped 39 points for you. He most likely won you a week if you were playing in the week 16 and week 17 combined. And let's go back to 2018. You can even see it right here. Week 14, he had 47.8 fantasy points against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 30 against the New York Giants in week 15, and 16 in week 16 of that year. I mean, this just shows you that Derrick Henry is one of the most consistent fantasy football running backs, and he will do it year in, year out. Right. One thing I want to mention is I kind of remember how like a year or two ago it was kind of cool to – uh, kind of hate on Derrick Henry a little bit. I don't think we can find anybody who's hating on Derrick Henry anymore. I remember yeah. myself like two or three years ago before I even like started the podcast or an Instagram page or anything like that. I was thinking of myself and listening to the analysts from ESPN and all them. And they're like, <laughs> well, them having a uh, Derrick Henry having how many 200 yard rushing games in back to back to back games in the end of the season is unsustainable. He's going to fall off a cliff next year. 
And it seemed like they said that for two straight years, three and four seasons ago, and it just hasn't happened. And now nobody's hating on Derrick Henry. They recognize him as one of the best in the league. This is when he had to compete with DeMarco Murray and was slowly winning the job over. For sure. And I mean, even even earlier on this season, we we seen guys on ESPN analysts call Derrick Henry overrated, saying that he couldn't break tackles if they weren't in the second level of the defense, saying that he never gets up against guys his size, you know, stuff like that. And it's just unnecessary for a guy like Derrick Henry that's proved it. Right. Him and Nick Chubb are by far. I think I think you can also put Dalvin Cook in this conversation if you were not to look at pass protection. Mm-hmm or pass game at all. It's just pure running game. They are by far, in my opinion, top three running backs right now. Yeah, definitely. Backs yeah, for sure. In terms of all right, so for me, winners, um, I know you've already mentioned mine. I've already mentioned one, but I'm going to just talk about, like, uh, I'm going to go through a few of these guys as a whole. And I think we could just talk about the the, the running back rookies as a whole. Besides Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think you can think of Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. All three of these guys, and Jonathan Taylor has two wonderful matches before he has a a rough week 16. You have Cam Akers, who's finally getting the spotlight, and we know what you're getting with him now. With Henderson, who's healthy, he still took over that volume, and now he has a great matchup ahead as well as J.K. Dobbins, who has Jacksonville next week, and then the Giants. The Giants are a little bit harder, but again, that's another one that uh, I'm particularly a fan of, especially since you were able to get these at such a cheap price early on. And I know a lot of us, especially when we were – I had a post where it was like, or congrats, you're like, you're 4-1, 5-0, and oh, go pick up Cam Akers, go pick up J.K. Dobbins, and now that's coming to fruition. These rookies have – I'm out with a vengeance, and they've made a huge impact at the end. Um, sure. Another running back that I'll mention is um, actually Miles Gaskin. Um, p- potentially, he does have the final week up against up against Las Vegas, so he's going to have a lot of running capabilities there. He has New England, but Cam Akers made um, Cam Akers made <laughs> New England look not very good yeah. in the run game. So that's another one that I'll think of. Ronald Jones does have Detroit or does have Detroit the final week. So that's another name to keep an eye on. Wide receivers, though, I have two, and that's Corey Davis and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Corey Davis for sure because of oh, yeah. matchups that we have, and he's already shown that he's capable. And as well as Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has had a significant amount of targets, more than Debo Samuel. And then people don't realize that. And then Dallas and Arizona coming up. That's two wonderful matchups after Washington. And those are two names or two with matchups that we like moving forward that I would be able to trust as my wide receiver two or wide receiver one if need be. Hopefully, I'm not in that situation where I have Brandon Ayuk as my wide receiver two or my wide receiver one. But that's a situation where you have um, guys who, towards the end, have great matchups and they can end up coming in clutch for you. Yeah, I definitely like the Corey Davis pick. As we mentioned earlier, he's been one of the most consistent options all year. I mean, he's currently the wide receiver 26 or 27 in PPR. And he's had double-digit targets in all but one game. Not double-digit targets, my bad. Double-digit fantasy points in all but one game this year. And that shows a lot. I mean, he's averaging 15.7 points per game. And that is that is a massive, massive upgrade from what we thought he was going to be this year with A.J. Brown really coming out of his shell into the player that we all know he's going to be in the future. 
Yeah, for sure. I think another one. I've already went through all mine. Never mind. All right. So if you guys want to, I think you should go ahead and head into some of the questions that we got today. What do you think? All right. Let's go ahead and head through. All right. So very first question. I, I put a tweet out on Twitter while we we're in the middle of the show, and I happened to get a question. This one comes from Rowan Scuba. Do I start Herbert after last week? I mean, okay. Obviously, <laughs> if, if you've, you've been listened listening, to the podcast, yeah. If you've Herbert. been listening, you already <laughs> you know what my opinion so on far, him is. Yeah, so, yeah. Pre- pretty You're obvious. Starting You're starting Herbert. I think he has a top three week this week. That's pretty self-explanatory. Next question. <laughs> All right. I'll, All right. I'll let well, Advocate get some of these in. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, this is from Jesus Sava who asked Lindsay, Jeff Wilson, or Peyton Barber in standard formats. Hmm. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, a... I'm going to chase a touchdown and go Peyton Barber. Yeah, chasing the touchdown here is probably your your best bet in standard leagues because we know we know what Peyton Barber is going to do. We know he's going to get the goal line work if they get down there, and he has the and the potential to score that touchdown. I mean, the likelihood that he gets stopped isn't as high. That as it, if he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think Peyton Barber, he has a definite upside cap to him, and it's very clear what it is. But you just got to bank on that touchdown with these options because Philip Lindsay's looking kind of rough out there, even though he looked pretty good at the beginning of the season. And Jeff Wilson, you really don't know what you're going to get next game out of him with um, Shanahan saying that they want to get Mostert more involved, and then Tevin Coleman as well, who only had two carries. Yeah, so Tevin, yeah him Tevin. More, so. Right, like the like deep down inside of me, I feel like you know what? Let's be interesting and say Jeff Wilson, but I agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. Peyton Barber, like all the let's be honest, all three of these guys are terrible plays. None of them are really anything you could count on. But if you're going for upside and you're like, hey, you know what? Let's just try and get six points from a touchdown. I think you guys are right. Peyton Barber is probably the yeah. safest choice to get you at least a six point touchdown or better. And I mean, Barber actually could get a lot of rushing volume. I mean, we saw it earlier in the year when Gibson wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think we were, we're underlying that how much Peyton Barber actually might get. So in a standard league, especially because he's not going to get any receiving volume. So if you're in a standard league, um, you're chasing the touchdown, but you're also chasing he could be, get like 13, 14 carries. Yeah, and then, I absolutely see that coming. For yeah, sure. As long as he can get that touchdown, he's going to outperform. Yeah, like we can't we can't expect him to go for five point two yards per carry like he did on Thanksgiving against Dallas, but we could maybe expect him to go for mm, two yards per carry, two point three <laughs> yards per carry, something like that. But we what we really have to find is that touchdown because we know he's going to get the carries, but can he break a big one? We can't bank on that, but can we bank on a goal line touchdown? That's more reasonable. Yeah, for All sure. Right, so- so next question comes from Tim underscore Jones SR who asks, got one for you. Which wide receivers would you play, Mike Evans versus Minnesota or T.Y. versus Vegas? And I I, I think this is obvious, but. Yeah, yeah we highly recommend obviously Mike Evans. So Mike Evans. Speak for all of us there. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, but I just don't trust T.Y. at all this season. I haven't at, at draft time. I haven't any point in the season at all. I just don't trust him. He's yeah, I mean, we We've yeah, seen him. We've seen him kind of break out in terms of out of his slump recently in the last two games, and he's put up reasonable stats. That's why he should be considered here, but definitely not over a guy like Mike Evans that we've seen do it all year and has the high touchdown upside in the red zone as well as Gronk in that offense. 
Absolutely. T.Y. is my wide receiver 33, and Mike Evans is my wide receiver 14 to kind of put that yeah. into perspective for you. Yeah, I so, believe I have T.Y. around wide receiver 27 and full PPR. So if you change that and translate that to a lot, around half PPR, I'd be around where you are, Advocate. It's a good yeah. ranking. All right. And then next question comes from Brandon.lap21, who has Goddard or Tanyan rest of season PPR. Um. Okay, so... <sighs> if the Eagles... Yeah, I just gonna be unbiased here. I think it's gotta be definitely Robert Tanyan. So Robert Tanyan has actually looked pretty decent in my opinion. If you would have, if you were to ask me this like three or four weeks ago, I probably would have told you Goddard. But yeah, with the shaky QB situation going on there in Philly, uh, I'm not too trusting of any of the tight ends there. So give me Tanyan, who has actually been somewhat of a decent player in the red zone as well. Yeah, and over the last three weeks, we've seen him really like show you what we're looking for in tight ends with the touchdowns that he's had the last three weeks. Can you expect him to score a touchdown with a guy like Devontae Adams on his team? No, but can you play him in hopes that he can drop these touchdowns like he has been? Yes, because he is one of the higher upside guys at the tight end position with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. It's similar to um, Mike Evans or Rob Gronkowski in Tampa Bay, where Mike Evans is the preferred red zone target, but at the end of the day, yeah, uh, Robert Tanyan can still get that touchdown, and you're chasing the touchdown with Rob Gronkowski as well. For sure. Um, I and, Tanyan as well. Um, Goddard, I will be interested to see what exactly happens with him and Hurst this week. Um, he's still got a good amount of targets with Hurst, but he didn't really um, he didn't get, get a catch at, at all with um, with Jalen Hurts. So that's something to keep note on, but I still would take Robert Tanyan for sure. Yeah, I, I believe the he did get some targets from Jalen Hurts, but that matchup, you can't trust it. I mean, let's go ahead and look at this. Over the last four weeks, Tampa Bay or New Orleans defense has allowed under 10 points to opposing tight ends. It's not a matchup you're really looking for. It If you do play Goddard, I would, it's more than likely in a tight end premium league and you're desperate for some upside, but I recommend Tanyan here 100%. Big Bobby. This is kind of funny, yeah, but sure. I believe in the earlier part of the season, like before week five, I think I was actually recommending to play tight ends against New Orleans because in the early part of the year, they haven't been looking very good. They looked really bad against tight ends for the first three weeks, and then people were starting to make like Cardinals jokes about them. Because if you guys remember the Cardinals last year, mm-hmm. it, they were mm-hmm. by far and away. They were a must-start any tight end against the Cardinals <laughs> last season. You literally could have started Jace Sternberger first. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so next question, uh, this is uh, Sniz's favorite. So um, this is from Blackbeard underscore 86, who he's asking a kicker and defense question. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina, Cleveland, or Miami. Those are my options. Also, Jason Sanders or Ryan Suckup. Well, I'll just say this. You definitely can't uh, play Miami. Jason, can't play Jason Sanders. Sorry. Uh, Jason Sanders for sure. Yeah, I would say Jason Sanders, and then I would also say Carolina because Cleveland has Baltimore. That could be a yeah. uh, that could be an issue, and also Denzel Ward is out. So. Yeah. Um, if I, you do pick up the Panthers' defense, because this then, is likely a waiver wire pickup for him, I definitely don't advise dropping the Cleveland Browns' defense. As we we know, they have great matchups here in the last coming weeks of fantasy football. Right. And that and defense can potentially win your yeah. league as well. And then Miami is definite no because they're playing the Chiefs. Like I know their defense is good, but you just – it's Mahomes. You don't start anybody against, against the Chiefs. The, yeah, you can't bet against You just Mahomes, can't. There's man. too much risk to it. 
Trust so, me, I've done it before. Yeah, we have. It's never worked. So I would say no. Carolina and Jason Sanders would be our, our two Yeah, pick. for sure. All right, so next question comes from Quentin underscore Hafilis, 2004, who asked, would you start – so choose two, um, Adam Thielen, Corey Davis, or Allen Robinson? And then, Taylor, and then Jonathan Taylor or Nick Chubb rest of the season for the playoffs. Well, in terms of the running back, I think we can go ahead and get that out of the way. Nick Chubb is your guy there. Nick Chubb is, if I'm not mistaken, he's got a great playoff matchups. And Nick Chubb, since coming back, has not failed to reach 100 yards, um, except for last week when he had 80, but he still made up for it with a touchdown. Yeah, and he has the Giants and the Jets coming up, so. For sure. I mean, after this week with Baltimore, I mean, he can still do pretty decent against Baltimore, but I would limit expectations just a tad for Nick Chubb. But like you said, week 15, week 16, Nick Chubb is your guy. Yeah, no, uh, totally unbiased. I definitely didn't really like this guy before the season, but yeah, Nick Chubb is uh, the guy you want to own. Jonathan Taylor's good, and he's looked better as of recent, but Nick Chubb is, in my opinion, the easy answer here. For sure. And then the other question uh, in that question, it was Thielen, Corey Davis, or Allen Robinson choose to. I would say Thielen and Robinson. Yeah, I mean, you've got Corey Davis that's going to likely have a great game, but the name value of sitting the other guys, you could potentially sit them and they go off. I mean, absolutely go off. And you don't want to do that in the fantasy playoffs. Play your studs even though Corey Davis could almost be borderline considered a stud at this point, averaging over 15 points a game, you got to go with Allen Robinson here in a prime matchup and Adam Thielen. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I agree with that. Now, I'm not trying to kill all of the all of your guys' love for uh, Corey Davis, but, you know, personally in the past, Corey Davis has burnt me a little too much. So just, pers- just like kind of like a personal issue, right? I just personally yeah, he, don't trust Corey Davis. And I, I – like – I see that he's doing well recently, but just deep down, I'm like, I can't trust this guy. So for for me, this is easy. Just start the two that have carried you into the season, into the playoffs, uh, all season long, and just don't worry about Corey Davis. Because if anybody, if you bench anybody, and you're gonna regret it, like Sniz has said, it's gonna be Robinson and Thielen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, and the next question comes from. Big underscore trust underscore 06 who asked, start to bench to do DJ Chark, Kareem Hunt, Devontae Parker, and Miles Gaskin. Gaskin is an auto start here. I mean, we've seen consistency from him all season, and it's not going away anytime soon. Now, in terms of the second option, you've got some interesting plays here. Do you want to go with Kareem Hunt that could possibly be getting some PPR work this week in a negative game script? I don't personally think you can trust Devontae Parker, though. I would take Parker over Chark, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take Parker over Hunt. I think I would play yeah. safe. Hunt. Yeah, I would definitely play safe here. Um, so for me, Zach? so for me, if it's like kind of, I'm assuming this is kind of like a flex play decision because you just said start to bench two, and it wasn't position just specific. Doesn't say, so yeah, if so it's for, yeah, for me. In flexes, I like to play running backs more unless the wide receiver is just much better. And I'm just not seeing the receivers being a lot better than the running backs. So for me, generally, I just play the running backs and go with Hunt and uh, Gaskins. If one, of, if one of those needs to be a wide receiver, I would take Parker over Chark. But 
at the end of the day, we I don't really like either going into yeah. these matches. So I would say Gaskin and Hunt if it is two flexes. For sure. I'd be playing safe here with those guys. All right. So we have three questions left. Um, one question comes from Jack uh, HammerX11X, who has thoughts on Raheem Mostert the rest of the season. Uh, Mostert's interesting. I, I definitely think he's been disappointing since coming back from the high ankle sprain, and he's even said himself that it's it's definitely been bothering him, but he's getting to the point to where he's getting more comfortable with getting more carries, as we've seen last week against the Rams. He had 17 carries. He wasn't very productive on those carries, but like we know, the Rams are an amazing defense this year, so even getting the volume against a team like that and scoring nine points is good. And he's got New England coming up. Or I'm sorry, I was mistaken right there. He had Buffalo last week, and he only had five points. And he's got Washington this week. Not a very favorable matchup. But like we've seen in recent reports this week, they've said they want to get Mostert more involved. And I definitely think he will going forward. I I, I like Mostert, but I don't think he's as safe as many put him out to be. So it depends on your other option there. Yeah, so I have him as my RB26 for this week uh, up against Washington. So a little bit lower than the consensus because I think he'll still be in a timeshare with a lot of the guys. He'll obviously be mm-hmm. the lead guy, but it's in a rough matchup for Washington, and we're just hoping that he I would can... say if anybody has the touchdown upside in terms of the running back courts on the team, it's Raheem. Yeah, for sure. Right. No, I agree okay. with that. So I I'm not, not I don't feel too today. strongly or too negatively about Raheem Mostert. He's just kind of an eh in my opinion. He's kind of mm-hmm. risky and he we've seen what he's done last year. He could just go completely nuts. But I just don't see it happening ex- this week anyway. Uh I mean, he does have a great matchup in week 15 against Dallas. That's you, true. you can probably you can probably just label a safe floor on him for week 15. And then even week 16, he's got a good matchup against Arizona, a divisional game that'll probably mean a lot in terms of Arizona getting into it, so into the playoffs. I mean, San Francisco can still hypothetically get into. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of options in terms of situations that can get different teams in. I mean, we're looking at a 2020 season that two teams in the NFCs can get in the playoffs. So, right. Yeah, it's it's insane this year. The yikes. All right, so uh, next question, a uh, second last question, that comes from Dayton Graphics, who asks, what do you think Stafford's future will be? Will the Lions stick with him, trade him, or what will they do with him? All right. That's interesting. So whenever I was watching the, I believe it was the Thanksgiving Day uh, game, I'm pretty sure what happened is the, I, yeah, no, I remember now. The Lions lost the Thanksgiving Day game, and all the reporters after the game and after Matt Patricia got fired the week heading into the next week uh, all the talks were about the new coaching staff and what they were going to do with Matt uh, Stafford and from what I have heard it's going to be up to the coaching staff whether they want to keep him or not they haven't said anything saying they will or will not keep him it's up to the coaching staff and kind of by that answer my best guess is that he will not be on the team for much longer I feel like with a new coaching staff they'll probably want to bring in more of their own players and that's just where I'm leaning. Is Matt Stafford good? I think he is. I think he's been highly underrated for most of his career, and I feel like he deserves deserves more respect than what he's been getting. But again, with yeah. a new coaching staff, it's kind of hard to be like, you know what, let's kind of keep Matt Stafford, who isn't necessarily the youngest of QBs anymore and doesn't have yeah. as many of the young, flashy attributes as like 
some of the newer players have now. So I can see the coaching staff just trying to want a whole culture change and deciding, hey, you know what? Stafford is probably not our guy. Do I feel he's good? Yes, I feel like he's heavily underrated, and I feel like Matt Stafford will end up going to a team that actually appreciates him a little bit more. That would be huge for him because we've seen all his career other than, you know, the older days back in 2011, 2012. I mean, his supporting cast really hasn't been the greatest and it never really was other than Calvin Johnson. But Stafford, if you put a good surrounding cast around Matt Stafford, I think you can see some success. I really do. Like Matt Stafford, like you said, is very, very underrated as a player. I mean, he's only 32 years old. He's kind of getting up there. He's not as quick as he used to be or he's not as he's not as but he's still he's still accurate with the football and he's he's been really good this season with given the circumstances of having Kenny Galladay not on the field and all the coaching changes he's been very above par and I think going forward yeah it might be even Matt Stafford's best interest to you know part ways with Detroit and it almost seems like a Philip Rivers situation in a way. Where yeah, sure. I was just going to mention it this. Could. I feel like I know I'm not sure what the contract situation is, but I kind of have a good feeling maybe that Matt Stafford may be a Colt next year. I could see it. That That's a realistic situation. Um, but I think with with him, it's like a Philip Rivers situation where they're both gunslingers. They, they, they'll have a long career. It could be a situation where they need to bring in that new face that need to bring with the new coaching staff. I think it's possible. For sure. Do I, I, mean, sure? I don't think that's a um, answer that I would be able to know. Um, personally, I I think in mock drafts, I see him a lot going to Vontae Smith, and that could be something that um, could obviously is an, an indicator to keep Matt Stafford around. Um uh, it, it all depends. They could go quarterback, they could go wide receiver, or they could address one of their bigger um, needs, and that is the linebacking core, which is god-awful. Yeah, something I can see them doing for real is, you know, getting another guy to put around Stafford to see what they can do um, if Kenny Galladay potentially leaves. And Stafford, he's got three years left on his contract, not including this year – or including this year, my bad. He's a free agent in 2023. So what we could really see potentially – hear me out here – is they go out and draft Sam Howell. I could see that. I could see uh, Sam Howell, but I personally have Keen, uh, Keelan Slovis over Sam Howell. But I could see that. But also, I mean, we can't predict where the lines are going to be here in three years. I mean, they could somehow turn it around and be a good team. But in terms of the trend, it's not looking good for Detroit's chances in the future unless they make a serious change. And they've already took the right steps in firing Patricia. So, Yeah, so our final question comes from this kid named Sackatech underscore fantasy football who asked, why am I so sexy? So, uh, Sack, I need you to answer this question. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can't really answer this question because, you know, I'd be very biased. I think you're just trying to give yourself some praise. Yeah, right. no, like, I'm just trying to... I'm not slandering around here. This is sack praise, so... Yeah, no, it's every time I look oh, in the mirror, man. I just think to myself, I'm like, man, why am I so sexy? Like, I just don't get it. All right, and we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the leagues that we're in that are in the playoffs right now, and we have playoff teams. And one league that I really want to talk about is our half PPR 12-team league on the Sleeper app. 
and it's called the Fantasy Gridiron. And you can find our Instagram page for this league on Instagram at the Fantasy Gridiron. And I have made the playoffs in this league, and I'm very excited for my playoff run potentially here to try to win the championship against you guys. And I think that this week in my matchup against Fantasy F- Football Mentor, that I have a good shot. And if you guys are looking at it, my roster, my really big notable players in, this week in, in the league is Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Nick Chubb. I finished 8-5 and five with this roster, and I think that I think this roster is very well built, knowing that my fifth round pick was um, the running back out of the Washington football team that decided to go ahead and catch a, yeah. catch a charge. <laughs> so that was very, very great for me. And I've somehow made the playoffs with this team. And I've got J.K. Dobbins as well. He's filled in great. And my, my tight end situation is not the best. But I also so have in this league is two flexes so we don't have a kicker or a defense and my flex in this league extra extra death play uh yeah and i definitely think this is something that everybody that plays fantasy like casually should consider when with their friends going forward is is maybe switching their league settings to like a maybe a two flex like this like maybe taking out the kicker and defense yeah yeah, or even a super flex. Super flex leagues are so much fun. And if you don't know what that is, you can put a quarterback in your flex, just like any other position, but you can put a quarterback. So the value on quarterbacks in those drafts are a lot higher. But anyway, getting into this, this league we have two flexes, a tight end, two wide receivers, two running backs, and a quarterback. And my obviously my starting lineup, like I said, we got Josh Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Juju in one of my flex and Gio Bernard in one of my flexes. And my tight end play this week is Cole Komet. And I'm playing him over Joni Smith. What do you guys think about that? Like I'm just, I've been liking what I've seen out of Cole. Like as of recent, Cole is actually been playing like his snap counts going up exponentially and his targets are also going up. Yeah. I have Cole Komet rated higher than Jonah Smith so I agree with this call yeah Yeah, no it's kind of surprising is like I don't know what happened to the Titans tight ends at all but it seems like they're like splitting work and that's the last thing you need whenever you're the position is already this bad so I don't know I feel like Cole Komet is worth a shot yeah so for sure so like if going over my matchups here, I've got Josh Allen versus Pittsburgh, and he's got Deshaun Watson at Chicago. I think I've kind of got him on the quarterback matchup a little bit here. Yeah. But going forward into the running backs. Running backs with Gaskin, Edward Tolaire, Sanders, like all the mediocre running backs that I could have used throughout the entire year, he hoarded. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And he's he's currently starting Miles Gaskin, and you could even throw Clyde Edwards in there above Miles Sanders if possible. I don't find much value in Miles Sanders this week, but that's what he has to play, and that's what some of us are having to do. So I respect his call here, not sitting Miles Sanders. I mean, his other option would be he doesn't even have another running back, so he has to play him. He's got I've got Nick Chubb. I think he's obviously a little bit of a better matchup over Miles Sanders, but he's got me an RB2. Miles Gaskin will make up a lot of work that lost right there on uh, Miles Sanders uh, versus Chubb. And if J.K. Dobbins actually does good this week against Cleveland, this win for me could come a lot easier than I'm expecting because my wide receivers are – my wide receiver matchups this, this week are insane with Devontae Adams against Detroit and Justin Jefferson against Tampa Bay. I mean, these two guys have carried me into the playoffs along with Josh Allen. Yeah, Nick Chubb was out all year. 
I mean, projections have you at a 52-48. I think this is pretty likely that you come out with this. He has a lot of running backs that don't really shouldn't really have much upside. So I think they could be very limited in what they do. And like For you said, sure. J.K. Dobbins is only projected 9.8. He's I think he's going to outdo that. And you're already yeah. projecting two more points in him. I think you I think you can get this and. And Something I'm looking at, though, on his squad is the Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's projected 15 points, which is reasonable in half PPR, but I could definitely see his upside um, topping that 15-point threshold right there in terms of half PPR. And he's also got Hayden Hurst to match up against Michael Komet. So what we're really seeing off Mentor in terms of wanting to win this game is we're going to have to see a different offense from Philly and get Miles Sanders involved. We're going to have to see Deshaun Watson prove himself – or not prove himself, but go insane against a tougher defense. But the defense in Chicago has been kind of iffy as of late. So I think he's got a good matchup there. But with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire projected 12 points, I could see that going under. And I have a guy in Juju right here that is projected 11, but you never know what you're going to get out of Juju. I just kind of hope he finds the end zone here. There's not many plays on my my bench that I'm looking to play. I've got Duke Johnson, Devontae Parker, Kiki QT, Cam Sims, Rager, and Jonu on the bench. There's not much guys that I could really replace in my lineup knowing how stacked it is this week. But I think it's going to be a lot lot closer than um or it's gonna be closer to what the projections say i don't think i'm gonna blow mentor out any in any way shape form or fashion but i think it's gonna be a good matchup for sure i can see that shout out to sack for uh adding three players in the last two minutes yeah uh, i mean just some, just, just <laughs> the, some the quick waiver moves that's all <laughs> and <laughs> on the other end of the bracket we've got um all things fantasy football that squeaked into the playoffs this week in a crazy week 13 game where you had Amari Cooper catch a last couple minute touchdown that really sealed the victory for him. And he's going up against uh, fantasy football first down this week. And if you look at their matchups, you, um, we've got all things fantasy football starting started Jared Goff this week on Thursday night football that got him a decent 15.5, but who does first down have Justin Herbert, just the guy that we've been looking for and talking about all day on this podcast. This guy, Justin Herbert, definitely is going to put up more than 15. So we're going to see all things looking for a spectacular game from Melvin Gordon and possibly even Adrian Peterson. Because yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Adrian it's Peterson. It's going to be a tough one. On his bench, if he can't get that, he's pretty much stuck with Jordan Wilkins and Mark Ingram. Yeah. So. And looking at the rest of the matchups, we've got first down here with Chris Carson at running back two, Dalvin Cook at running back one, two two guys that have really safe floors compared to the running backs that we see from all things here. But it, when we go to the wide receiver matchups, it looks like all things has a very, very, very good advantage at wide receiver this week with Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs versus DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Pittman. So that could be – where some of the quarterback points are brought from or that bring him back, that could possibly bring him back. So, But what we're really looking at after that is what's going to help him in terms of making up for those running back points. And looking at the tight ends, we've got Evan Ingram on first downside versus Hunter Henry on offing side. This could go either way for sure. So we're not going to say much about that. 
But the Amari Cooper side here for all things versus Brashad Perryman for first down, I think it's a little bit closer than what people would initially think about it. But I would give the edge to Amari Cooper here. And I don't think it's enough to make up for the running back points because when we look at the next flex, David Montgomery is the second flex for first down. And that's kind of scary when looking at his running backs. Like, he's got he's got a really good team. Yeah, and uh, he's going to have an, a matchup with the X-Factor if he wins that. And X-Factor, if, uh, for the guys who aren't paying attention to the uh, the Gridiron League, is 12-1 and one and has pretty much dominated for most of the year. And yeah. Oh, that's going to be a really good matchup in the, that in the would. But let's give some credit here to all things. He definitely has a shot to win this, even though it's projecting first down to as a 75% favorite here. And the projections in terms of point totals, we've got a 109.9 advantage to 94.6 in terms of first down. So what we're really hoping here for all things and himself, if he's listening to this somehow, is that Tyreek Hill absolutely goes crazy. So I'm praying for you, brother. I think you can do it, but I got first down personally winning this and going on to play X Factor. Yes, I, I have that as well. So let's talk about you guys' teams in this league. How did you guys' teams fare this this year? So uh, I'm in contention for the uh, Toilet Bowl. I am in last place. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not very good. Um, I think I... I should, now that it's like a semifinal, I think I have a good chance because my team has just been like – so I had Saquon and Kenny Galladay both out, and that really – For sure. It's been the whole yeah. entire story. The one league I didn't pick up James Robinson in is the league I needed him the most. Jonathan Taylor has been on and off for, throughout the entire season. Um, Mark Andrews has been on and off as well, so he can win you games, lose you games. So it, it's just been like – For sure. Yeah, a rough uh, league in the sense of you have two injuries and a lot of times you can overcome it. And then just sometimes you just can't. So that's, yeah. that's kind of how my, my league went. And looking at the initial startup draft here, I mean, you had Saquon at the one, two, Kenny Galladay at the two eleven, Todd Gurley, at the three, two, Jonathan Taylor at the four eleven. I mean, going into this year, looking at those first four picks, that's pretty solid. You know, after then, the yeah. week uh, when Marlon Mack got hurt, I thought I was in like in extreme good shape because I had Jonathan yeah. Taylor, Todd Gurley, and Saquon Barkley after jo- uh, Marlon Mack went down, and then on top of Kenny Galladay, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Yeah, and you faded quarterback in this draft, and you ended up picking your quarterback at, in the eleventh round, and you went with Carson Wentz. There, it wasn't the worst <laughs> pick, but Carson Wentz kind of done himself out right there. But then you saved the draft there with your quarterback in the 14th round that really probably is still on your team. Is it Ben Roethlisberger? Is he still on your team? He's my quarterback one. Yeah. And your steal of the draft was definitely Robbie Anderson in the 13th round. I have no idea how in the hell he fucking fell that far. (laughs) That is insane. But, yeah, like you said, the injuries for your team has just been too – too extreme for you to overcome it and it's just the thing we deal with in fantasy football sometimes you can't help that yeah and then moving on to sack uh he he had a similar situation losing Mm -hmm. george kill and losing uh christian mccaffrey if you want to talk about that right so i i don't know how you guys got like the whole entire draft list up because i can't seem to find that but i do remember specifically that my very three first uh first three picks of this draft 
I, I went into this draft thinking I absolutely killed it, and it turned out all three of them did either average yeah. or performed pretty poorly. So I happened to get the 101 pick, I believe, in this league, and I took the consensus number one overall player, Christian McCaffrey. And nope. I think we all know how that turned out. Second round came around, and I believe I took I, – I can't remember George who Kittle. I took. I took either George, took Kittle, George Kittle. George I took George Kittle and then Lamar Jackson in the third. So yep. you have to be thinking, right? I'm coming out of this draft, heading into the fourth round, and I'm thinking, holy crap, I got one of the best tight ends, the best kicker, or not best kicker, holy crap, the best QB and the best running back. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I for, for some reason, Kareem Hunt was on my mind. But, um, yeah. But I, I, come, I came out of the draft, best QB, second best tight end, best running back. I had... Every position except wide receiver, I had like the best player there, and I was uh, I excited. Mean, even looking at your wide receivers, brother, I mean, your four twelve was Tyler Lockett, and your five one was Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was probably the steal of the draft in this league, seeing that he went at the five one. Yeah, no, I'm pretty happy. I, mean, I feel like I had a good draft. It's just lots of my early round players disappointed. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I For did. Sure. I just barely missed the playoffs. I had an average team and went six and seven. I personally myself though I'm gonna consider that an accomplishment, uh, considering that my first three round picks all pretty much busted and did not play up to expectations. But I, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. At least I'm not last place. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't be. Don't worry, I won't be last place after the toilet bowl. My team's back. Uh, if you and let's say talk so. about the matchup in, uh, that actually is between me and the. Uh, other podcast mates sack attack and we have the 20 man ig league which if you guys haven't done a 20 man before it is rough when it comes to guys that you're starting um he's currently starting chris herndon and uh, i'm currently starting jordan akins at tight end so that should kind of show you how it is and uh, i'm currently projected to win but i think this could go and either way uh i'm just hoping Derek henry goes off because james white uh kind of just did really bad for me If you want to talk about it, Zach. Oh, sorry. All right, so if we take a look at this matchup real quick. Uh, on this team, I happened to walk out of the draft with Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, and Jonathan Taylor, I believe, my first three-round picks in a 20-man league, which is insane. However, though, uh, the team went 8-5. and five. Am I in the playoffs right now in this league? I'm facing you. You're, you're the... Uh... <laughs> Succeed. I'm the three. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm just trying to remember like where I was at in this league, but yeah. If we look at the matchups, I have Ryan Tannehill this week, and you have Watson, which is pretty even. I believe that you are a pretty big fan of Tannehill this week. Running backs is Kareem Hunt and Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry and James White. Um, I feel like you have the better back, but I feel like I have the better group of backs. If if we can just put it that way. Uh, receivers in complete opposite story. You have Robbie Anderson and Allen Robinson, whereas I have Corey Davis and Marvin Jones. And Corey Davis is going to go off. Yeah, Don't get Corey, me wrong. Corey Davis is definitely going to be mean, a good play for me this week. Tied, me. Tight ends are bad. Like, you're starting Akins and I'm starting Herndon, and I need to change that, but I don't even think there's anybody available. Is so, there a kicker in defense in this league? No, there's no kicker uh, in defense. Flex. It's just a double flex. 
And then for flex, I have Nelson Aguilar and Jarvis Landry, and you have Tyler Boyd and Giovanni Bernard. And sitting on my bench, hopefully, if he comes back healthy and I can survive this week, uh, Christian McCaffrey on my bench, hopefully next week can play and possibly lead me to a championship means I'm in the playoffs. If I can start Hunt, Taylor, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is the three running backs I drafted in the beginning of the season, um, my team will be next to unstoppable, I believe. Yeah, I'm just hoping to avoid that and get this win. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the other people that are, are going to face off against uh, either one of us, um, they're they're kind of hoping. I mean, I have Derrick Henry, so it's not like it's too much better for the uh, for the other opponent. But you have Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, and Jonathan Taylor, which is I don't know in a in a twenty man that's probably the best stack trio. Is this a eight man playoffs? Uh, yes. yes, eight man playoffs, twenty man league, so three versus the six seed. I like it. But yeah, if I if I can win this matchup, uh, I I would be very happy about that. And then I'd have to face either the Fantasy Football Show or the Fantasy Bulletin. So that's another interesting kind of matchup that's going on. Uh, I just realized Smitty's projected 121. Oh my gosh. Yeah, his team is really good. He had he's rode uh, Mike Davis, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. He has. He has like a lot of high upside guys and then a bunch of like no name also high upside type players like Demarcus Robinson or Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon, McFarlane, Injoku, Jalen Hurts. That's his team. He he's rolling with a very high upside team in a twenty man league. And you know what? I gotta say the strategy's working out pretty well. Yeah, I mean he's a two seed, right? Or is he the seven seed? don't remember he is hold on he is a seven seed but we're all eight and five uh you're eight and five and then i'm nine and four interesting i remember the early part of this year i believe i started out this league like four and oh or something like that and then christian mccaffrey got hurt and i had a harder time winning games but i still was able to make it to eight and five so yeah, if you guys haven't tried a twenty man before, it is indeed one of the uh, roughest experiences you will go for. Yeah, it's um, it's not especially with injury. It's not it is an rough. easy league to try and cover for injuries and bye weeks and stuff. You're you're going to be starting players you didn't even know existed, uh, and just hoping that they score a touchdown and get those weird touchdowns that you see every week by some no name tight end or whatever. That that's what you're hoping for, basically. Put it into perspective, um, at quarterback one week, I started Malcolm Perry because I didn't have a backup quarterback, and Malcolm Perry has a quarterback eligibility. He got me like 0. 0.5. <laughs> nice. Hey, that, it got, I think I won that week with without a quarterback, so that, that was all that mattered. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's a couple of the, uh, couple of the leagues that we're in. Uh, you want to talk about the Duo Dynasty League a little bit? Uh, sure thing, because um, okay. it's not over yet. I still have a chance of um, All right, we'll of just, trying to... I'll just put it this way. In this league, uh, both of our teams suck. Um, we're both like tanking, and right now I'm having the more successful tank. My team is at 2-11, and 11, whereas Advocates is at 4-9. Uh, although I feel like Advocate has a better chance of like rebuilding strong in the next year. But I feel like maybe, depending on how the uh, draft turns out, the number one overall 
uh, draft pick may be pretty valuable. So I'm I'm hoping yeah, I mean, that that could help uh, put me over the edge this next season. I mean, I still have a good core. It's just that uh, with some of the injuries that I had, it's tough to overcome that. But having I traded for Cam Akers, that was probably one of the better moves I made. And that was a really cheap move that I made. I think it was for a late second round pick, um, which was ridiculous. Absolutes too. Having so I have Ronald Jones, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Saquon Barkley, and um, and David Johnson at running back, and then at wide receiver I have CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and KJ Hamler, along with three first round picks. I am more than confident rolling into uh, this rebuild, and it's probably one of the best in terms of assets that I have. Right, right. So as far as my team goes, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not very confident in it. So with QBs, I decided to kind of go with some older QB options. I'm thinking what I'll need to do is look into some younger QBs to kind of build, hopefully, a 10-year type of franchise deal around. But so far, the options on my team aren't looking too great. My QBs right now are Big Ben, Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. All pretty old. Uh, Definitely not anything that you would be like, hey, in a dynasty, I want these guys. They're good in the short term, which is like originally my plan heading into this year in the league, but it turned out terribly. And now I have to go into full rebuild mode. As for running backs, my running backs are also pretty bad. I got Singletary, Edmonds, Bernard, uh, Madison, Gore, Scott, and Richard. They're they're awful, not going to lie. But again, hoping that we're not sure how this is going to turn out, but with hopefully if I can stack up some draft picks... Uh, things could turn around pretty quickly. And then for receivers, is at least a little more promising than the running backs. This is my this is what I been was drafting uh, in the early part of this. I got Darius Slayton, A.J. Brown, and Kenny Galladay, Auden Tate, and Byron Pringle. But So the only one that I'm really excited about mainly is A.J. Brown, who is a great dynasty asset. And then Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is somebody who I like who could take over the eagle starting job mm-hmm. here in the future but absolutely yeah so he's my yeah, I, guess, I gotta say this Kyle Pitts is uh, definitely on my radar in this league uh Logan Thomas interesting that's not option we want yeah and that's really it There's... we are the Kyle Pitts fan club yes we are the Kyle Pitts enthusiast train is uh taking part with me and Sniz. yes sir Kyle yeah is it is there any other leagues that we would want to cover? or I have a dynasty league that I do with some of my followers, and I'd like to tell you guys about my team. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting knowing what it started from. My initial startup draft was a lot better, but it would have been a terrible season for me in terms of like the rest of my squad because I had Cam Akers on my team at the beginning of the year with Lamar Jackson as my super flex and Kyler Murray as my quarterback, but I ended up making a trade. And the trade, I could say, kind of, it was kind of fair, but I traded Cam Akers. This was at the very beginning of the season before the season even started. I traded Cam Akers and Kyler Murray for Daniel Jones and Austin Eckler, and that's kind of biting me in the butt now, but... My team now, as we're looking at it, going into the toilet bowl playoffs. Yeah, my team did not make the playoffs. I finished 4-9. I had Lamar Jackson. Um, I now have Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs with Antonio Brown, Michael Pittman, um, 
Dalton Schultz, Brandon Cooks, Daniel Jones, Mason Crosby, Dallas defense for some odd reason, uh, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor. My quarterback situation isn't the best other than Lamar Jackson, but I feel like my running backs are obviously top tier with Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook going forward in a dynasty aspect with um, – We've got Sony Michelle, Jarrett McKinnon, Gus Edwards. Not the best options in terms of depth, but we also have Mr. LaVisca Chenault on the bench that I paid $20 in fab for, actually, because there was a certain point in the season where someone dropped Cortland Sutton, and the fab race to get Cortland Sutton off the waivers was so insane that people were paying money to get are paying, giving away players to get money to try to bid for Cortland Sutton. So I ended up getting LaVisca Chenault and Michael Pittman for $50 in total fab. And I think that was absolute steals. And I also have Michael Gallup. And Darius Slayton was a very big letdown for me. And I have Christian Kirk, Gabe Davis, Joni Smith. And my IR is filled all the way up, and I have some guys like Alexander Madison, Paris Campbell, Tariq Cohen, Preston Williams, and Jermichael Hasty. But on my taxi squad, I have A.J. Dillon. I kind of like this as a taxi squad guy going forward with Aaron Jones potentially leaving in free agency. And that's a situation that we need to keep in mind because Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are both free mm-hmm. agents. Do I expect them to bring him back? Uh, I expect them to bring back at least one of them. But A.J. Dillon is going to be more featured. And in terms of this next class, we'll obviously talk about this in the in later podcast. But this next class for running backs is very iffy. So if you're in a dynasty league and you don't have like the top three running back or a top three pick, would be advised you could go get a guy like an A.J. Dillon um, for a relatively cheap price and more so than trying to for go sure. get the guy in the third round in your dynasty startup mm-hmm. or in your dynasty rookie draft. For sure. With me going forward here in this league, I, I don't have, or I do have a first round pick and I'm kind of hoping that this first round pick get, um, ends up getting into an earlier first round pick because of the whole situation of terms of how the picks stand after the final standings of the tournament and the fantasy championship. But I have a first-round pick, and I also have two second-round picks in very early picks in the second round. I'm looking to spend these picks on wide receivers and possibly even a quarterback in my third-rounder. And I'm, I'm liking the team going forward here with Lamar and Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs with Michael Pittman, Chanel, even maybe even Michael Gallup going forward. I have Brandon Cooks. Like, I do like my team. And I, I, I kind of had over expectations for Daniel Jones this season. It didn't work out for me. I'm not looking to replace him as, as soon as possible, but I'm definitely looking to see how that situation in New York kind of plays out in terms of me going and grabbing another quarterback in the future because I know I'm not going to have any other options in terms of bench quarterbacks next year with Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Hi boys, is there anything else that we wanted to cover? Yes, there is one thing that we happen to forget. It's our keyword of the show. Mm. For sure. So, uh, as a matter of fact, Sniz, why don't you uh, come up with the keyword of the the week? Keyword of the show. Hmm. You don't know what it is. It it, uh, for those listening, and also Sniz because he he hasn't been introduced to this yet. Uh, Basically, we do a keyword, and if you've listened to this point of the. 
uh, this point of the episode, uh, which I don't know how you have because it's probably like an hour and 40 minutes now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty long. But if, if you uh if you comment the keyword or type it to any one of us um either me or sack we will give you a shout out on the uh on our page so if this wants to come up with a word and then uh, my keyword is going to be an actual name and it's a prospect here and it's going to be penny sewell and if the Bengals do not draft this dude i'm going to lose my mind they need to go out and draft this dude and if you heard the key word, once again, it's Penny Sewell out of Oregon. And Joe Burrow needs that offensive line protection. If he doesn't, sure. they've already ruined his knee once. If they ruin it again, it's just sure, sure. <laughs> that's very bad things coming on from that if that happens again. And then but... remember, kids, we always slander Joshua Kelly. So um, make sure <laughs> that's, that's something make we sure, all do. Make sure to slander Josh Kelly. He ain't good. <laughs> yes, sir. And I believe that's all we got. That is, is. all we got, guys. So, uh, sure. one more thing before we leave. I will let Sniz and Advocate do this first. Uh, tell them where they can find you on Instagram, Twitter, etc. Uh, you can go ahead and find uh, me, Sniz, at Sniz Fantasy Football on Instagram. You can find me at Sniz Fantasy Football on YouTube and Fantasy Sniz on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to my part as I was a special guest, and I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that was, it was lots of fun. I appreciate it, and I'm glad that you could also join. Uh, Advocate, you are next. Where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Fantasy Football Advocate, on Twitter at Advocate Fantasy, and also on Instagram at Jonathan Taylor Slander. Um, but unfortunately, that page might get renamed because he's doing it. <laughs> yes, sir. So for me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at sackattack underscore fantasy football, and you can find me on Twitter at sackattack underscore ff. Here next season, hopefully we will have maybe some live streams and some YouTube coming up soon. But until now, we're just going to stick with Instagram, Twitter, and some podcasts. Uh, that's going to be all. I'm glad you all could make it today, and... That's going to end the show. Remember, if you would like a free shout-out, all you have to do is DM us, any of us, the keyword, and we will uh, give you a shout-out uh, soon after. That is all. Any last words? See you, boys. See you guys. Peace. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>